Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. I am your hostess, Dr. Kelly Tanner. And today I have with me my delightful guest. If you guys don't know her, you need to, the Ann Rice. And welcome to The Dental Handoff Podcast. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Kelly, so much. Yes, I I have known Ann for a little bit, but it's so funny. I always talk about it on shows, how you run into each other and it's like, we need to get together. We need to get together. I met up with you. I think it was uh, Chicago Midwinter. We were at a panel discussion with Dr. Tim Donnelly and also Dr. Brett Sealove. You all probably have also seen them on the show. You know, just people who were forward thinking, pioneers, visionaries in the field. And Ann, I think of you the exact same way. Because well, you've been doing sweet. this for quite some time. And yeah. what what's so funny is that um, we were just talking about this before the show, but um, sometimes when you're doing this for a while, there's a lot of that behind the scenes stuff. There's learning, there's growing that you're doing professionally. And all of a sudden, it seems like you're just popping up and people are like, hey, where did you come from? And it's like, man, I have been doing this for so long. <laughs> that it's hard to, yes. hard, hard to remember when you began and you know where you are today. So and I'm just so delighted to have you on. And I always start with the story, why dental hygiene or why dentistry? You know, why did you choose it or did it choose you? Um it was kind of accidental. In high school I was in my little town, I was a pom pom girl and there was a local dentist whose daughter was as well. And I needed a high school job after school. So I filed charts and that was my first indoctrination into dentistry. I had gone to Oklahoma State majoring in business finance and that wasn't for me. Then became a dental assistant and this is an embarrassing thing, but I'll share it. I uh, started dating a guy whose mom was a hygienist and she worked at my office that I was an assistant and she said, you should go back to school. So I said, okay. And that's how I went to hygiene school. And I went to hygiene school in Kansas. I'm from Oklahoma. And I went to hygiene school in Kansas and then did most of my career over 30 years in Oklahoma, Tulsa, to be specific. So you went into this and was there anything that you felt when you were in that dental office that kind of called to you, that spoke to you, that said, this is what what I want to do? Because of course, you'd had that experience in the dental office and then you 
met this other dental hygienist. So what made you say yes to that? Um, probably the talking, the communication. And I know that sounds crazy, right? They have their mouths open and they can't talk back. But um, that part of being with people, and I also learned really early on, as much as you learn from your patients, it, as simple as a good restaurant to go to, parenting, I mean, all sorts of different things that you learn from a patient, you do really good listening and uh, helping the patient, not just with oral health and wellness, but also listening to them. Um, They go through a lot of things. Now, the pivot with oral systemic health, there's a little bit less of how was the wedding and where'd you get those shoes. Now it's more of a healthcare arena that we now know. We didn't know that. so much back in the 80s. I graduated in 1989. We learned so much since then. I could never practice the way that I was taught back in the 80s. Now it's evolving. We have science. It comes in my inbox every single day, uh, the growth and what we're learning about the oral microbiome. So. so how did you, you practiced for a while and then when was the light bulb? When did it go off in your head about the oral systemic link? Cause I know that's your passion and you're yeah. going to tell us all about that. But when did that light bulb go off of like, Oh wow, I can't do what I was doing before. It's not good enough. Um, I worked in a practice in Tulsa and it was really about, it started with an oral cancer exam. And I realized sometimes I subbed on Fridays And I would go to practices and I would do the oral cancer exam. And as you know, everyone says, nobody's ever done this before. What is this massage? You know, that whole thing. And that kind of got really the ball rolling more in the oral systemic uh, way. I mean, that traversed over into all the other systems. I took Dr. Brad Bale and Amy Donine's course at one point. I really don't remember... um, why it tripped my trigger so much at that time. But as I started the scary part, and I say this every single day, I, what I knew yesterday is different than what I'm going to know today. And as little as I knew last year about the oral microbiome, it is in a fast pace evolving. And I love that part. I like that it changes and I love the science aspect. So it just kind of grew from really the oral cancer exam. My husband and I moved to Houston in uh, 2017. And that's when I started oral systemic seminars, where I really wanted to learn more myself. It was a good excuse to learn more and to teach the little bit that I had known at the time. And then that grew into where I am, what I'm doing now. What is, so you talk about it tripped your trigger and that growth opportunity. It's probably where, where I find that it usually ends up for me is I will start to uncover a little bit and like, didn't know that before. And then I'll go to another research article and it goes even deeper or it goes Mm -hmm. sideways into something else. Is that right? Does that sound familiar to you? All day, every day. So I even when I first started learning how to read a study, so plenty of people just read the abstract and conclusion. And I I guess 10 years ago, that's probably what I did too. And then I had to educate myself on how to read a study. So when I'm learning something, there's a lot of things that I have to look up so that all the windows are open on your screen, right? So if this happens, how did that happen? And what does that mean? And it's a long process. I was lucky in the jobs that I had had when we moved here 
is that I spent a lot of time in research weekends. I mean, I'm in my office um, seven days a week, but I enjoy it, right? Learning more. And I don't want to be, I want to be the person in the room that knows a little bit more. Um, I don't want, I can always learn, but I don't always, um, I thrive on trying to be better, to learn more, how that's applicable to what we do in dental in dental hygiene. So I know that you speak a lot. You're you're getting ready to have a couple of really cool events and yeah. you're speaking also yeah. at ADHA as well. And what do you do? Do you do that full time or tell us more about your day to day and what you do? Goodness, and you know this as well as I do, that's not a full time gig. <laughs> I enjoy it. And what I originally started with all of that um, is that I wanted to help educate us. We can help our patients, but us as a community for our overall health and wellness. But it moved into brain health some years ago. My mom had cognitive issues. I didn't want it to happen to me. So then I started learning. I I thought we could fix her, which is cute and adorable. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it works. Then I didn't want it to happen to me. And as I started digging into one of the first papers that I read was a methods paper by Dr. Richard Isaacson. He was at Weill Cornell at the time and how to prevent Alzheimer's disease. So I'm reading Mm -hmm. through, reading through, you know, heart, diabetes, you know, all the things, which is what I lecture about. And then there's a squib in there about oral health. And I went, okay, um, I could really wrap my mind around this. And then I dove deep into oral systemic health, um, how that affects the brain and all of the different biology to all of that. Um, And that is when I started speaking, I really wanted to share to everyone how we are critical in perhaps the prevention of Alzheimer's disease. And I thought that my comrades would love what I was talking about. This was years ago. Didn't work out quite like that. Um, And now slowly but surely, people are very interested in it. I was lucky way back. Crest Oral-B took me on and supported me in some of my speaking. And then, you know how that works, Kelly? One person introduces you to the next person, mm-hmm. to the next person, to the next relationships. It it is, and it's very random. And I did a a virtual lecture. Um, somebody had linked in me, introduced me to this next person, so on and so forth. And Dr. Martha Summerman with the NIH reached us out to me and said, "We want you to write for a journal that I'm doing in Frontiers." And I was green. And, uh, I thought, well, sure I could do that. And I had no, I was out of my scope and I did it. It was tearful at moments. So I got this published in frontiers in her journal about we as dental providers helping to change the trajectory of Alzheimer's disease. Mm, And they only gave me 3000 words. So I, uh, just put the heart part, the, you know, insulin resistance part. And I put sleep and a few things in there and lo and behold, I told you that first paper, the methods paper by Dr. Richard Isaacson, within about two weeks of that being published, I get an email from him and he said, we need to talk. And I was like, I'm in it. I am so there. So I had a meeting with him and some of his contemporaries. And then now he's my boss. I consult with him 
in uh, the prevention for some of our brain health patients. So it slowly but surely, I, and I love it. I would do it. This is going to be on YouTube, so I probably shouldn't do it, but I would probably do it for free if uh, I had to. I love what I do. And I find that so many times that things, well, things that are for us always drop in for us, right? They just, Mm -hmm. you don't expect them. And that's what makes them so cool because you're not expecting them. Just like when you got that call or that email from him and it's, Hey, would need to speak. How, how did you react to that on the side? Like, yeah, well, I couldn't believe it. And to be honest, he said, we need to talk or something to that. And I had fear. Because I thought, mm. oh, he read the paper maybe, and he doesn't agree with me. And I thought, I'm going to have to support this. I, I don't know. I didn't know what I was walking into. And I walked mm. into a meeting with uh, Dr. Kellyanne Niotis, who is now with Dr. Peter Atia at Early Medical, um, and Holly, who's the nurse practitioner that's the genius with Dr. Isaacson. And we're all in a meeting. And I was. I had just started a new job and I was driving uh, to something with that job. I was in the car for two and a half hours. It was a Zoom meeting that I had on my phone because (laughs) I had to do his schedule, right? So I wasn't, it was just my picture. I could see all of them and we started the conversation. And I I do want to mention this, that medicine, as much as we think, that maybe they're not interested in what we do. That's not the case. Um, There are some people that don't necessarily think uh, all of this of of what we're selling is 100%, right? But there are plenty of medical providers out there that totally want to know more. They just don't know. Um, I would encourage everyone, if you have an opportunity to talk to, whether it's a neurologist or a cardiologist, who, whatever the discipline is, um, they're interested. They really are. And they're lovely people, um, smart, lovely people. Yeah. And it's our responsibility to, to inform them of what we're finding with our patients so they can yeah. connect the dots and and know that that's part of their diagnosis because right now our electronic health systems are not talking to each other. No. Hopefully one day they will sooner than later, but it's, you know, all of that information has to be transferred. A lot of times it does rely on the patient to transfer that or a fax or a (laughs) handwritten note or whatever it is, but it starts with us, the provider being able to recognize the things that we're seeing and the things that the patients aren't saying, right? It it starts with, starts with that medical history of you. Well, and they don't, uh, I mean, we as an industry really need to do a, a deeper dive into medical histories, um, asking a few more questions when we, you know, it's check of boxes. I understand that we're all busy. Um, taking the blood pressure is for a reason. And it's not because you're going to give them lidocaine. I mean, that, that's the that's down, down effectiveness. There's a lot you learn from a blood pressure and why we are just at the front of really helping half of Americans who have hypertension. So, um, and we know that, you know, high blood pressure damages virtually every organ system that we have. I mean, that's just the simple part. Um, and then talking to physicians, if we can, sending the emails, however that 
unpacks for your practice. Yeah. And so you're working with that group, you're doing that, you're lecturing. Mm -hmm. And then how would you, you know, always, people always will ask me this about the thing, the things that you know about. It's like, how do you even start knowing the things that you know about? Like, and if they were interested in learning more about the oral systemic link, like you talked about delving into many, many articles, and now they, they have you to speak to them, educate them, but where do they start in their journey learning more? Um, well, now it's a whole lot easier. Um, I, uh, I write a column and I'm not selling my column because take it for what it is, but it's actually an oral systemic health column at RDH magazine. So that's all we talk about. I try to get into some of the basics. Um, if you looked at any of our periodicals that we have out there, I also write for today's RDH and have written a million different things in there. Um, there are so many periodicals that people write, you know, 700 words, but they're all sourced. So you want to dig in more. We're going to talk about cardiac care, then look at the resources that are attached to that. Um, it, it'll take some work. I mean, if you want to learn anything, you, it'll take an effort on your part. We do have the American Academy for Oral Systemic Health. Um, they've been a good resource, having education, core curriculum, things like that. Asking questions, you know, I get emails, I'll do a lecture and somebody, people will send me emails and I am happy to answer them and give them um, more information. I send lots of studies out. I send lots of links out. Uh, but I, I think it really, if this is something that's important to you, you're going to have to do some of the work. I mean, some of us will distill it down to a degree, but you still have to, to read about it and find your passion. You know, the brain was my passion. And as we talked about earlier, I started the lecturing because I, at my core, really believe that we are an industry that can save people from the disease of Alzheimer's cognitive decline, dementia. And I still really believe that. That's why I wanted to speak, um, to share the information. If I could give one person one nugget that'll change them, their husband, their wife, their partner, down the chain, especially with women. I talk about this a lot. Our industry is probably about a million women. If you looked at assistants, um, your administrative staff, your hygienist, your dentist, your labs, your salespeople, that's a lot of women. And two thirds of the cases of Alzheimer's disease are women. Wow. It's us. You know, it's our moms and our sisters and plenty of men as well. But as an industry, women of dentistry, right? Um, it's a good area to focus in. So would you, what would be like maybe two things that you have learned that are most interesting pieces of advice, anything that you could offer to women and men, anyone listening to this podcast right now about how to identify, what are some ways that we can prevent? Um, what are some of the bigger things? Really, it's what you do 20 to 30 years before. One of my biggest things is prioritizing sleep. It is don't clean the kitchen at midnight, leave it for the next day, trying to work on your seven or eight hours of sleep. And it is making a priority. We don't have a lot of minutes in our day. We have kids. I get all that. Um, but trying to take the steps forward in sleep and also with cardiovascular health and brain health go together. 
So we need our vessels healthy. We need the blood and the oxygen to get to our brains. So your cardiac health is critically important. It is. It's all the things. Exercise, diet, regulating your blood pressure, getting it under control. It's also not chasing the disease of diabetes. So you're getting an A1C that's at 6.5 and you promise your doctor, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to diet, I'm going to do all these things. You chase that disease for 10 years, then you finally get on medication and you've had endothelial damage that entire time. So Mm. really making yourself a priority in your health, um, putting that ahead of some of the things, uh, putting that ahead of TikTok, uh, ahead of some of our um, diving into Instagram and and all the rest. I don't know. That gave you more than one or two. No, I, I knew that you could start with one or two. I wasn't sure. That you know, Anne. Um, because, you know, with that, with taking that advice, it's we can go down the YouTube rabbit hole and Instagram. And it's we spend so many hours uh, with screen time and emails. And one of the things that, that I, I love a good nap. I mean, does a nap help with Alzheimer's or does that all help? Um, you'd have to talk to a neurology friend, but naps are, are good. My question okay. to your nap is, is are you not getting the sleep at night that you're so exhausted you need the nap? Just, But some people are just good nappers, right? They just want to take their 20-minute power nap, 30-minute power nap, and that's great. But you have to ask yourself the question, well, was I up till one and got up at five? Okay, right. then you need a nap and that kind of is offsetting um, where we get with our sleep. But take your naps, Kelly. Yeah, I, I do. And I get good sleep. Like I prioritize my sleep and my family and knows good. that. They need, they need yeah. that from an early age. You can't tell a newborn not to wake you up. That's different. But it's, you right. know, mom's sleeping unless you need something, you know, yep. somebody's dead or dying, bleeding, do not wake me up. Because that's how sacred this and sleep hygiene as well. People, I think, overlook that. Yep. Invest in. I remember when we moved into the house that we're in now and our bedroom has floor to ceiling windows, but it has those little ones at the very, very top. And the moon would come in on my side. And I waited and I waited to put a covering on the window. And I thought, what am I doing? I'm buying the velvet curtains. I'm covering these things up. Invest in things like that. A dark room, a cold room. Do all the things. Um, yeah. Some of them are really easy. They are. But, and we don't realize that they're interrupting our sleep either. You no. know, it's a screen before bed. It's the, you know, all the things that you read. And then too, I mean, I'm not going to go too far down into this, but then there's things that have come out recently, like, of course, everyone needs a different amount of sleep. Yep. But, you know, I think industry standard, like you're saying, is what, around seven a night? Yeah, seven to eight. Yeah. Seven uh, to eight. Uh, yeah. You know, and everybody, everybody is different. You know, there used to be the thing that older people don't need as much sleep. And that's not true. They just don't get as much sleep, but they still need it. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of caveats. You know, are you a night owl? Are you an early bird? And there's that setting your circadian rhythm. But um, which it's funny that you talk about this. That is what I'm speaking about at ADHA in July is my program is actually about sleep Um, and all the parts to sleep. It's not just the brain and sleep. 
which I love it. I think we all could use just a little suggestion here and there. I think that you're, I mean, because you're right, the few little gems could truly save you hours and hours and days and days of or sleep deprivation over a period of life. I think also dentistry, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think dentistry needs to really think about the prescription. You know, you get a nervous patient and sometimes they want to give a pre-procedural XYZ. I think if you're going to do implants, periodontal therapy, you're going to do any of those invasive procedures, you talk to them critically about, please get a good night's sleep before we do this and make sure that you have room to sleep that night. That's your immune system. That's your wound healing. Mm. That's going to give you, the clinician, better help to restore these patients, whatever your surgery, whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, sleep is critical for, for everything. Um, we need to talk more about that in, in our practices. Yes, absolutely. And of course, you know, all the sleep medicine now oh, sure. is critical. Right. But just, but like you're saying to your point, just those simple suggestions before a procedure of make sure you're getting ample sleep and make sure that you can sleep there to heal. And so, and throughout your journey, are there any, are there any things that you, that you've learned about yourself or any advice that you would give our listeners? I know big question. (laughs) I learn about myself every day. I, I think, um, if you believe in something, and this sounds so, and I am not the, I, I'm not that person of the big building up and the manifesting and all that stuff. But I will say this: if you really believe in something, um, just give yourself a shot, do it, keep going, and you will get plenty of people telling you that you are wrong. That is not, uh, that's not what we're doing. All of those things, but give yourself a shot, whether it's opening up a food truck, whether it's doing something in dentistry. Um, And when somebody brings to you a challenge, writing that paper, or when they want to introduce you to somebody, just do it. There's no harm that's going to come from that. Um, Be open to all different people. You see Dr. Kelly Tanner, and she has this platform and all of these things. That's great. But there are a lot of other people that are not Kelly Tanner's everybody has something to share in the mix, the people that you know, and the people that you don't know. And there's lots of opportunities to build relationships, build friendships, uh, no matter where somebody is, you can always learn from people and about people. Um, I think that that is one of the most important things is to really keep yourself open to opportunities in people and in business and in your personal life as well. I. Could not agree more. That openness helps us to learn things about other people that are helpful to us and relating, understanding, connecting, understanding too, I think, our own blind spots that we that we might have and things that just maybe sometimes that person that you meet underneath of our skin. And it's like, what why? Why is that? And we learn something about ourselves. It's like something that's not healed within ourselves. Every day. I, it's every day is a growth day. And there's also days that you need to take off. We need to dial back our stress. We need to breathe. We need to get outside. We need to walk and giving ourselves that chance to do that, putting up boundaries. You know, we have under one roof coming, right? Um, it is a action packed, uh, you know, a lot going on. I, and I'm lucky this year. I have the opportunity to speak there with a couple of my friends. Um, 
but sometimes you need a minute. That's a lot. That's a lot going on there. And do some self checks. Take a second. Um, walk away. Do your breathing. Go walk outside. Exercise. All of those things uh, really helps us. Helps our brains as well. Yeah, you you bring up a great point because at those conferences. We want to make the most of our time when we're together mm-hmm. and you leave. And I, I know I feel so full at those conferences. And when I leave, when I go home, I'm like, oh. uh-huh. or I, or I feel like when I say, I'm going to go back to my room for a little bit, it's, oh no, come on, let's, let's go do right. this. <laughs> right. And be strong with that. We learned that last year. We were just too, uh, this is just me personally. There was just a lot. We're not used to that. I mean, it's like preparing for Disney, right? <laughs> you got to get you got to get your athleticism up to do these events. But you know, sometimes just take a minute, um, and you'll be better for it. Totally great advice, and thank you so much for all Thanks your words so. of wisdom and sharing your journey. How do people get in touch with you? Um, it's put my middle initial in anything that you do. So it's Ann O Rice at Gmail or my website, um, my social media. Instagram is usually kept for dog videos and dance videos. So I have a very small Instagram. I like to keep that for fun, but just put my middle initial in there and you'll find me. Good. And then you're coming up, you're going to be speaking at some live events coming up so they can find some of those events at your website. Yes. Yeah. They'll all be in there. Some virtuals too. You got to love virtual. I'm um, in my slippers right now and my athletic shorts and uh, love virtual. Heck yeah. Got to be comfy while you're speaking, you know, love it. Business up, sleep and relaxation (laughs) on the bottom. (laughs) That's exactly right. I'm doing all things. Thank you so much, Kelly. This has been wonderful. You're a delight. I appreciate this. Thank you. Well, thank you, Anne, for all that you're doing to, you know, take us truly to that next level of understanding because it's it's no easy feat to be a pioneer and to be the one out front and discovering it and talking to other people about it. And they look at you like, what is she talking about? I've been talking about electronic health records for 17 years, 17 oh and telehealth and teledentistry and people would look at me like, what is she even talking about? Right. And it's a lot. So sometimes you're ahead of your time. So I would add even to your point, know that when you're leaning into something that's true to your heart and you know the evidence and you're seeing it, share it because maybe it's not the time right now, but your time will come and just keep leaning in where it's appropriate, you know, where, where you feel like your heart is there. Yep. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, do it. So for all of our listeners, thank you. And again, for all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much for all that you do every day for your patients, for your community, keep doing all the wonderful things and making the impact that you are through your education, through your touch, through your, your servant leadership that you, that you do every day. And if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, go on to Apple podcasts and give me a five-star review. We would appreciate that. And then on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share to all the friends that you want us want to hear on the dental handoff. For now, we'll see you soon. And thanks again for all that you do. Be well. Bye.